You are listening to episode 20 of the Less Stress, More Fun podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the journey is the destination. You are listening to the Less Stress, More Fun podcast. I'm your host, certified coach Lisa Schwaller. Each week, we talk about how you can rise above the stress of modern living so that you can focus your energy on what matters most. All right, let's get started. Hi, how are you today? Well, before I get started, I'll set the scene. I'm in the office with podcast dog Bailey. That didn't last very long, me keeping the dog outside the door. Anyway, we are in here and I was just doing a little bit of voice warm-ups and I was doing scales for people who've never had any musical training whatsoever. I think I startled her. Bless her heart. All right. Do you know what today is? Today is the last in this series on decision-making and follow-through. So we've talked about why it's challenging to make decisions and follow through on them, what contributes to a crisp, clean, decisive decision. We've talked about how to handle other people's decisions. It's been really fun diving into some of the science of decision-making, how to set yourself up for success, when to keep going, when not to keep going. And then here, the last couple of episodes, we've been talking theoretically. Like last time, I talked about really connecting with your whole full self and living into that honestly as a way to connect to the decisions you're making and why. And today we're going to wrap it up with this last one in the series, which is the journey is the destination. One of my very favorite poems ever since I was a little girl is The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. And I adore the closing lines, which go, Two roads diverged in a wood and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. For all of my life, I've had a very future-oriented mind. I have a strong drive for the future. It ended up being a very helpful benefit. I have always been good at planning and visualizing, and I've always been a little bit follow the beat of my own drum. That poem has always really spoken to me. It's got a lot of motion. Remember what we learned about dopamine? That's the chemical in our brain when you literally, when you raise your eyes to the world. I'm looking out my window at the woods behind my house and I'm like, yeah, we could go out there. Dopamine is like, yeah, let's go. As a coach, the people that I work with, typically people come to coaching because there's something they want to create in their life. They're very future-oriented. They are here to make it happen. Years ago, my first coach certification was based on the Gallup Strengths Finder, which is now called Clifton Strengths. And I was enamored of learning about strengths and how they show up as a benefit, how they can actually be a drag on people when they overapply their strengths. I absolutely still adore Clifton Strengths and think it's one of the more nuanced personality tests. I think it has a lot of really helpful application. And I thought it was fascinating that in my top 10, 
I think seven of my top 10 strengths are what's called strategic, very cerebral realm, and the others were relationship, influencing strengths. That has served me well in a lot of ways. And it's also had its drawbacks. So it's fantastic. I, I can look into the future. I can paint a picture. I can describe it for others and enroll people into a future vision. That's awesome. And it has also been a drawback. I am always eyes to the horizon, moving forward. It's caused me to put a lot of pressure on the present because I'll have a hard time just being in the moment. Where's this relationship going? Is this the right job to get me where I want to go? If I make this decision, am I going to regret it later? Remember episode nine talking all about if I'm going to regret everything, I need to factor that into my decision making. It's easy then if you have a high dopamine drive, as perhaps I do. I'm a reward hunter. Go, go, go. Fourth, surely the best rewards are out there in the future. Out there. Let's go. I would set goals and meet them and then feel somewhat dissatisfied. What I started to notice, especially in the last couple of years, as my work has evolved into a more playful, present nature, is I was noticing a habit, a cycle, a pattern that I would play out. And I've since been delighted to see other people are discovering this habit. And it's something that because I see this happen so often with my clients, we are able to see what's happening and plan for it in advance. Do you want to know what this pattern is? I would set a goal. I'd take all these meaningful actions to it. And then when I would get to the goal and I'd be like, yeah, 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 I'd be feeling sassy and that dissatisfaction of now what? And then I'd, I'd mow down <laughs> what I did, knock it down so I could play the game again. I've done that with eating habits or exercise streaks or I, I had this habit for a while where I'm like, I'm not going to hit the snooze button. And I was doing great and I was feeling so, uh, this is embarrassing to say, but it, it's probably going to resonate with some of you. I would feel this smug self-righteous of like, yeah, I'm one of those people who doesn't hit the snooze button. Like, mm-mm match that. I was so self-satisfied and proud of myself. And then it would become a habit. And then I just kind of quit so that I could restart the process of it's just it's incredible. I call it the build the tower, knock it down, build it the tower, knock it down. It was so annoying when I discovered this. I know some people label this as self-sabotage, which is not one of my favorite labels for a lot of reasons. We don't sabotage ourselves. Everything we do is in service of some logical meaning, even if it's brain logic. Instead of calling it self-sabotage, I was like, oh, this is an effective game strategy. If you get to the end of the board game and you're like, I don't know what to do now, it's not illogical to go back to the first square and start again. So if you're following through on a decision, because you're believing that things will be better there, whatever better means, well, the journey is going to seem like a means to the end. And this can show up like being restrictive with ourselves, 
Remember that analogy of the kid showing up to day one of the driving school and the instructor is like, yeah, so, you know, Danica Patrick won't be here today, so we need you to sub in for her race. What? It's that's ridiculous, right? So we do this journey to get to this goal, thinking that at the goal, we're going to be this sophisticated race car driver. Like, I just want to get to the destination. I just want to get to where, like the kid in the driving school, I just want to get to where I have my license and get on the road. The best part of reaching the goal could actually be the journey to get there. In fact, what if that's the only point? Not just the best part, but the main part, the only thing. Think of a goal that you have. So let's, let's use a work goal today. Imagine that you're looking to earn a promotion. You imagine that the promotion will bring more money, more status. It'll feel really validating. Like, yeah, they totally recognize how much I contribute here. This is proof of something that you want to have proof of. I've seen this over and over. They'll be working for a promotion. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to work. And then when something opens up, I'm going to be the top candidate. And it's all about once I get there... Then, then things are going to be better. But what about the path to the promotion? Is it a lot of nights and weekends and hustling and and playing office politics? Who are you on the journey? What if the path to promotion was the best part? Like, ooh, I'm stepping into more challenging assignments just for the fun of it. Or, ooh, I... I'm going to learn this new skill because I think it'll be really, like, it'll be really fun. And if it's useful, awesome. But I'm just going to enjoy being on the journey. And if the promotion happens, awesome. And if it doesn't, I'm still coming out of it a person that I like. I still come out of it feeling like that every single day that I lived on the way to this goal was a worthwhile, enjoyable journey. I'll give another example from relationships. Some people strongly desire a relationship or a certain kind of relationship. So they'll go into dating hoping to find capital T, the capital one, one, the one. And when they're dating, it's like, is this someone I could be in a relationship with? And when they're in the relationship, are we going to go to the next level? And then the relationship goes to the next level. And then it's like, oh, now what? There's a reason that a lot of rom-coms end with them flying off to the honeymoon. No one wants to watch the movie where the partner's wearing sleep apnea mask to bed or the partner loses a job, right? A lot of the rom-coms, they're just like, they lived happily ever after. No, they didn't. They went on and they had to pay bills and, you know, the car got a flat tire. That's what happened. So consider this. When you've reached a goal, was it the goal that made you happy? Or do you consider the journey fondly? So back in the first podcast in the series where we were talking about, do you get high on new beginnings? And the primary source for a lot of the science that I brought in was the book, The Molecule of More. I really love that book. It was really profound to see how strong these hormones drive our actual decisions in a day-to-day way. But on one of the podcasts that I listened to as part of the research, and it's in the show notes for that episode, that in the podcast, they 
talk about how having the book in their hands at the end of it, they were like, eh, yeah, whatever, wrote a book. That's nice. I can put it on the shelf, but they're on to the next, right? Dopamine has them saying, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. What else are we going to do? What's next? Dopamine, the hormone of what's next. These two authors were talking about the joy in the debates they would have and the the deadlines and the the pressure they were under, but it was this buddy journey they went on. And I thought, what a beautiful, beautiful example of how important it is when you're working towards a goal, when you make a decision, when you have your yes, no, this is what I'm doing, and you're following through, you're living into that decision. It's so important to make the journey a priority. And how do you do that? Let's wrap up by talking about how do you do that? Plan for the long term. Break it down into tiny, tiny little pieces that you can action in the short term. Be open to evaluate. Is this goal still working for me or do I want to quit and pick something else or pick nothing at all? Have those activities and make it a priority to think about your every single day. How do you want to feel every day as you're working towards a goal, as you're living into a decision? And it sounds a bit morbid, maybe, but my homework for you, the Coach Lisa homework this week for you, is to imagine that you have one week to live, but you can't just quit your obligations. So it's your last week in this human container you call your body on this planet we have named Earth. And your commitments over the next week are retained. You can't just, it's not like, oh, it's your last week to live and you get to just kind of fly off to the island, tropical island of your choice. You will continue to run errands. You will continue to go to work. You will have an unexpected home or car repair in this scenario. How would you want to greet each event knowing that it would be the last of the kind that you'll ever experience as the human form known as you. If you knew that everything in the next week was the last time you would experience it, what would change? I'm grinning and squeezing my palms with excitement because it's really fun to do this. I'll tell a real story. I don't eat pancakes frequently. I took myself out to breakfast this morning. They had these pancakes on the menu that sounded unbelievable. They were these Texas pecan pie pancakes. I knew I would only eat a little bit because I knew this is like having cake for breakfast. It's even in the name pancake. It was so joyful. I ordered and then the manager came out and he says, we're putting together. I know it's taking a while. And I'm like, you take your time. This is a real treat. You just, you take your time. It's building anticipation. And when these pancakes came out, every bite I took, I I experienced them with, I breathed in that smell of the pancake and I, I tasted every bite because I'm thinking, this is amazing. There's going to come a day where I never have the option to go to breakfast and order the magic pancakes. And I actually choose to step into my life that way a lot. If you go out to eat with me, it's either weird or delightful or somewhere in between because I don't just eat food. I like, 
I like mind meld, body meld with the food because it's such a joyful experience that will never, ever happen again. The journey is the destination. As we close out this series on decision-making and follow-through, the ultimate decision you make for your life is whether you're going to put priority on enjoying the journey. I'd offer to you that the destination is the bonus. It's the pit stop before you hit the road again. Which brings to mind one of my favorite, favorite songs, which is Willie Nelson's On the Road Again. And you know what he writes in that song? Our way is on the road again. Yes, it is, my humans. Your dopamine wants you on the road again. Lean into it. Appreciate the journey. Appreciate every day. And travel with spirit and playfulness, mis amigos. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying what you're learning, I'd love to have you as a member of the Less Stress, More Fun community on Facebook. Join me there to continue the conversation from the podcast. Plus, you'll get access to things I share only with community members. I'll talk to you next week.